So this is Vomiting Rainbows, episode number 59, a darker news podcast with Blag the Ripper, where I tell him stories he knows nothing about, and then he violates them and spits them back in a beautiful rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) You have such a poetic way of putting it, Doug. Yes. I love that. To kick off the first story, we'll go back to episode number 56, where we talked about the Vallows. I don't know if you remember the Vallows. Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. The names don't ring a bell. What, what okay. did they do? We, we've talked about some weird people, so that's fine. This is that doomsday couple that had the two kids that they can't find and they won't oh, turn over. Oh, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> so they made some headway today uh, on that case in which they went to the house in which Lori and Ch- no, uh, Chad Daybell and his former wife lived in, and they had a search warrant for that property in which they found human remains on the property. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So, no human remains. Yeah. So, no idea exactly what this would be but i'm 99 percent sure we're gonna find out that these are at least one of the kids if not both the kids sure or or he or he's been doing this for a while and somebody else's remains entirely well let's just remember like if we go back to all the people that are connected to them that have disappeared it's his wife died of mysterious circumstances uh her two husbands died of like mysterious circumstances. Her brother killed himself or died like overdosed. And like, I mean, it's there's, and then there are the two kids. So there's like six people that have gone. I'm always fascinated by the guy who thinks like, Oh, but it won't happen to me. Right. <laughs> like we, we bumped off my wife. She bumped off her two other guys. We got these kids busy, but She'll be totally cool with me. Absolutely. <laughs> you know I mean? it, it, it almost reminds me of people who go to work for Donald Trump, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, everybody else he threw under the bus, but he, he's going to be my pal. Exactly. There's, it, I'm going to do great with him, you know? Anyway, all in all, it, to me, it appears like this is the Bonnie and Clyde of the LDS church. I mean, they... <laughs> Have just because remember they went off to Hawaii and all that. Wait, more than Donnie and Marie? Yeah, (laughs) are are Donnie and Marie LDS? Of course. I did not know that. Oh man, come on! They're the the Osmonds are the ultimate Mormon entertainment machine. Oh God, I did not know that. Uh, I just prefer, I think, not to know. So we'll go on. We'll go on to another story, which kind of encapsulates everything that Vomiting Rainbows is, except for our third story, which is just unbelievable. Uh, but this story is about, you know, the, you know when there's a, a major worldwide or like a crisis in an area, there's always that one f- asshole who like somehow uses the crisis to like murder someone or get rid of a body. Sure, of course. Yeah, so like a, a hurricane, and they're like, oh, they died in a hurricane. I right, yes, the opportunist, yes. Of course. Exactly. So one of these guys is uh, 
David Anthony. He's 43 years old from Florida, of course. Um, he had an estranged. You've got a Florida thing, Doug. I mean, can I point this out? You have got a, or maybe they just have a thing about doing completely insane things all the time. But one way or the other, where, have we ever where, done an episode? Where do you Florida? think? Well, not recently. I think we had one episode recently since we started redoing the podcast where I didn't have a Florida man story. But this one, I couldn't help it. I didn't even think of it as a Florida man story, but it is definitely a Florida man story. <laughs> so David's like 43 years old. He had an estranged wife, Gretchen, uh, who was 51 years old. She was very healthy, yoga enthusiast, etc. Um he worked at a gym, she worked at a gym. Uh, and around March 23rd, her family um, had not heard from her in a couple of days. Um, then they got this random text out of the blue, which said uh, that she was checking into a hospital because she was having trouble breathing and she thought it was related to COVID. And during this time- It they turned started- out she was being strangled to death. Perhaps. So during the same time, uh, they start texting with her estranged husband or her estranged, I think her estranged husband started texting with them um, saying that she had been sedated and put on a ventilator on the 25th of March, which is kind of, it makes sense with the COVID timeframe. It, it progresses really fast, but they felt like she was in such good health it was unlikely to to take her so quickly right Um, yeah and they they didn't quite believe his responses to to what they were asking so they asked for a welfare check on on her apartment um during the welfare check the neighbors asked the police if they were investigating the loud altercation that had occurred a few days before Okay, so yeah. that gives you a little point up. Yeah. yeah, so a few days before, the neighbors said that they had heard a woman screaming and yelling, no, 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 it hurts. <laughs> now, are you, sure, are you sure I wasn't having sex with her? No. <laughs> no, that would be, no, 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 where is it? <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go there. I'm kidding. Uh, so uh, anyway, so the neighbor also, another neighbor came over while they were talking to the other neighbor and said they saw someone cleaning the garage floor. They couldn't identify the person, but they saw what they thought was David's truck then pull up to the back of the garage, weirdly put a tarp over the truck and load stuff into the truck. I mean, so by this point, even the police are getting suspicious. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> um, also, so during this time, he was also uh, texting, like the he was while he was texting the family, he was texting one of his friends, and his friends said, "Hey, what's going on with your ex-wife? I heard there was like a huge altercation at her house. Do you know anything about it?" <laughs> and, and he said. No, I don't really know anything about it, but I heard that, like, I texted her, and apparently she had she was at the beach kind of clearing her head over something that occurred. So, and then he said that they discussed a few things, 
including that he should plead insanity to some charges that he was dealing with. Now, you might ask... Works every time. You might ask yourself, what charges was this guy dealing with that he had to plead insanity to? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) So a (laughs) a week before she disappeared, apparently David was in someplace and approached uh, a group of 15-year-old girls and started pacing around them, sweating profusely. So much so... And, and like, he didn't, he didn't have a volleyball with him or something. There was no, no. legitimate reason for approaching a 15-year-old girl. I mean, there's very, very few reasons that a 30-some-odd-year... 30, 30 or 43-year-old man should ever be approaching 15-year-old girls. And the definitely not sweating and like around them pacing, (laughs) but uh, they apparently got a police officer to come over and the police officer then approached him. He went to his vehicle. He was stopped at his vehicle. And that's when they noticed that his license plate had been altered with black electrical tape. (laughs) Nothing weird about that. This is Florida, right? This is Florida. Okay. So nothing weird about that. Just, you know, apparently has his black electrical tape on his vehicle. And so they asked him about that. And he said, oh, my stepdaughter was playing around and put this black electrical tape on my license plate. Yeah. Um, Then they he apparently went into his vehicle and tried to grab something under his seat. And the police officer pulled the gun on him and was like, move away from the vehicle. And another officer came to help. And when the other officer came to help, he again reached in the car. The cop went to get him to find out what was under the seat. And, and David then starts smashing his hand in the car door. Wow. Yeah. So they don't, I couldn't find anything that said what was under the seat, but I'm guessing it wasn't good. It was either, I mean, it had to be something they was trying to get rid of, or I don't know what he was going to. But why did he approach the 15 year old girls? I mean, I mean, I know why I might approach them, (laughs) but why, why why was he approached? I I mean, was he trying to get rid of whatever he had to them? I I don't understand the connection between I mean, it, it, basically, just this guy's a kook, and he does. He's a kook. Stuff. Yeah, I, I'm my my guess just from that story alone is that he had something under his seat, like a knife or a gun, and he had planned to approach maybe one or two of the I don't know some of these girls and abduct them, and then they wouldn't be able to find him because his car was obscured. His license uh-huh. plate was. Obscure. All right, I get it. Yes, okay. And so it, then he was going to take off with them, I get and then it. he was probably trying to reconcile with his his estranged wife, and she found out about this and was like, "Okay, you're fucking nuts. Like, I got to get away from you." And he was like, "No, no, I can re- repair this whole thing." So. I mean, doesn't that kind of say something about sort of the nature of the desperate and strange nature of relationships themselves? It's like, I've got two different things I want to do. I, 
I want to abduct a 15-year-old girl and do unspeakable things to her. And also, I'd kind of like to get back together with my old gal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and there's no contradiction there. It's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? This guy's like not firing on all cylinders, apparently. Uh, or oh, definitely. Um, so. Wow. This yes. one is complicated. This is like a Doug story. This is almost like the Doug War and Peace or something. This, you, you know, know this it's, is what. It's got all the elements. It's got, it's got all the elements. It's got. So, so after they search. Uh, they they searched her house and they found drops of blood along the bedroom they uh, in the bedroom wall they found blood stains on towels in the wash machine they found a key that was broken off in the garage door lock um, and then they also found uh large quantities and like aroma of bleach on the garage floor they might have just been trying to uh, to uh, get rid of the COVID. Yes. They could have just been swallowing. Well, obvi- yeah, obviously she had been, she had the COVID. So, <laughs> um, and then, uh, then they also uh, found a trail of the bleach to where his truck was parked or where a truck that matched his descriptions uh, was parked with the tarp on it. Um, they were where David was staying, they checked to try and locate David. And when they got to where he was staying, the, the person who lived with him, I guess, said that uh, he had taken his dog and moved to Costa Rica. That, uh, that did not turn out to be really the case because uh, at a store, just, uh, just following that uh, event of him leaving, they found, he had apparently come in with some deceased family members' jewelry. Apparently, his mom had died of COVID just recently. <laughs> and he was trying to sell some of her jewelry. Right. Uh, it did not really, f- like, it did not fit with what the, the clerk felt was a rational story. And so when the bulletin was put out that they were looking for him, uh, he, that, store owner said this guy tried to sell jewelry here he also apparently tried to sell it at two other locations they that jeweler did buy or that uh, uh pawn shop did buy the uh ring and it matches the description of one of gretchen's rings <laughs> so weird uh not saying they did anything to her this all seems normal so <laughs> He was tracked down. Uh, David was tracked down in New Mexico. He's being held on uh, suspicions of murder uh, because Gretchen's car was found in the hospital parking lot that he said that she was being admitted at, except for they had never had a patient with her name, her description. They have the entire time that her car was there is on video. Um, and a person matching David's description dropped the car off and then left in a truck with a tarp on it. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, so, I mean, so it's pretty obvious that this is just one of those, uh, uh, um, it's a know, misunderstanding guys who's, who's, who's pushing, you know, who's trying to push that everyone's dying of this disease while he's losing his gore and trying to get rid of people left and right. Apparently. Right. Um, he also one of his he uh, one of his coworkers at the gym that he worked at also 
had said that he had been acting extremely erratically up till the day that Gretchen disappeared and warned Gretchen to steer clear of him. So I, I think we know it's an ongoing investigation, but I'm pretty sure that with, uh, and they also found all of her belongings in her car. So I think it's pretty clear that where this is going. Gretchen was probably- Florida. Yeah, <laughs> definitely going to Florida. Uh, and my guess is that he came over to Gretchen's house, probably tried to sneak in somehow. She heard him prowling around and fucking tried to lock a door. And he was on the other side trying to unlock it and broke the key off because she broke the key off while trying to lock it or something like that. Right. And then and then, then you heard the screams and all that. So I think we're going to find out more about, about David Anthony kind of he'll be he'll be another infamous anthony from isn't yeah, it casey exactly. from florida is he related to casey anthony at all this is, which was a very I, vomiting rainbows kind of story too and the, because you get the 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 child thing but then she's kind of partying the whole time and stuff yep hey think, it looks like it looks like you're going horizontally should i be turning over horizontally here to match no, you or something you should not that would I just be not. That would, that would be weak. all of our video altogether. Okay. Well, Which, by the way, you can see all of our video on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh, we're going to go to our final story, which I think encapsulates everything that Vomiting Rainbows is. And it's also from the Bay Area. So in lovely Richmond, Virginia, which, by the way, is named after Richmond, or sorry, Richmond, California which got ahead of myself, is named after Richmond, Virginia, which I did not know. Um, it is... Uh, I, you I'm, know, I, I don't know if you ever heard this, but there, there's a famous dwarf story from Richmond, Virginia. I don't oh, know please if go on. If you're familiar with this one. No. So sort of early in the band, you know, we kind of uh, had a rep for, for going a little crazy and often... No. <laughs> things would uh, devolve into fistfights, which we weren't very good at finishing, but we got into a hell of a lot of them, right? So right. I, think, I think we got into a fistfight in Richmond, Virginia on an early tour of ours. Um, in Richmond, Virginia or California? Richmond, Virginia. Oh, Nobody wow. plays in Richmond, California. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I got we were the, in Richmond. I got the we impression that there's only a Chevron plant, a Chevron refinery there, and that's it. <laughs> that That's it. So so we're out in Richmond, Virginia. We play this show. There's a fight afterward. And, you know, we didn't think much of it because there would be a lot of fights, you know. And so right. the next year we go there and none of us are really dwelling on it. But apparently the people who we'd been involved with the year before had been dwelling on it a lot. And they were really ready to, uh, to strike out at us. Now, I had a friend there. Her name was Liz. And she managed a band called Guar. Ah, oh, I know Guar. Guar, of course, being the, the most famous rock and roll export from Richmond, Virginia, as far as I know. Yep. Um, very cool bunch of guys. And, and uh, so they lived in a couple houses out there. And, uh, and Liz had invited us, you know, when we were out there playing to, to stay at her house where she and a couple of the Guar guys lived. So, of course, you know, we we're grateful for that. We played our show. Uh, you know, or we were ready to, or we, we saw, we hung out with them before the show. We go down to the show, we start playing, and about three songs in, all of the lights go off and the sound gets cut. 
and like 10 guys rush the stage. Holy shit. So it's pretty clear that like they have made this elaborate plan. They've sort of gotten reinforcements and they've even, you know, gotten the people from the local club in on it with them. Like we're going to, we're, we're going to get these assholes, but you know, what these masterminds kind of forgot was that, you know, when you rush a stage, you're still low and we're still high. Right. And you know, that would, we were high in every sense of the word I, back I in those days. I only could so, imagine. Yeah. So, you know, I'm standing on stage with my, you know, five guys and, and, and a crew and these guys rush us and you know, they didn't know what hit them because, of course, we're up high. I'm swinging my mic stand. Guys are swinging guitars. You know, Badge swinging a, a you know, a, a, a cymbal stand. I mean, we're just swinging objects at these cats because they're rushing the stage. So this thing just turns into a brawl. Right. And, and, uh, is it in the dark or just with stage lights or something? Yeah. Well, you know, just with the sort of, I guess, kind of ambient light of a place. Like there's right. still some light around. It wasn't like you couldn't see anything. Right. The stage lights had been, had, had gotten cut and the, and the sound. Uh, so we knew that there was some kind of, you know, this was their, right. like, okay, we're going to get these assholes, you know? And of course we hadn't even really marked too much about the fight because there'd been 10 since then. I mean, we didn't, right. you know what I mean? Like we were the kind of band, like we weren't sure. fighters, but we were just so sort of aggro and, I, I had a penchant for throwing things, and so people would get very angry, you know. And 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 but no, but we were all like, you know, it was like the ninety-pound weaklings, you know. None of us were like tough, but we weren't going to sit there and let you attack us. So okay, we're in a fight again, you know. So 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 this whole fight ensues, and ultimately, some people in the place are horrified, and they call the cops. And when the cops come, you know two guys from the group attacking us had to be taken off in stretchers. They were, oh, wow. they were, you know, nursing themselves. And, um, you know, because Liz was a local and sort of couldn't believe what was going on, you know, her take on it in the moment was kind of like, geez, I apologize for Richmond. I didn't know this was such a bunch of dicks, you know, blah, 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 blah you know, right. She probably didn't even know about the fight that we'd gotten in the right. year before and and so you know she, but she was cool and a manager type and she kind of smoothed it with the cops and you know the cops were like look you know let's just let all the problems settle here and you know show's over everybody go home right so you know we go back to guar's place afterward uh it wasn't dave brocky's place he was sort of the leader but it was liz's place and she lived there with some some people from guar and and uh so we're all kind of hanging out and you know, the situation's diffusing and we're smoking a joint, relaxing, and we're kind of laughing about the night. And all of a sudden we hear a bunch of, uh, we hear a bunch of cars in the, in the street. Uh, uh -huh. And, you know, it's that classic tire screeching stuff where right. you kind of know there's somebody outside and there's some weird shit going on. And so, you know, we all kind of go out to the patio and there's two cars where the people in the back car they're all leaning out, laughing. Ah, we got your car, you fucking assholes. And, you know, they're laughing at us and pointing and all this shit. Well, they thought they destroyed our van, busted our windshield, slashed our tires. But we were parked around the corner. It was actually Guar's little van. Oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, it was just one of those dwarves moments where it was like, wow, you know. 
and 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 so Liz kind of horrified because now it's like, wow, you know, I'm Gore's manager, and just having you guys around is kind of getting me in some shit. So you know, it was one of those things where like they were perfectly nice about everything, but you know, by now it's like three in the morning, and we kind of look at them like, well, I, I guess we better go. We, we should probably you know? mosey before things yeah. get weird. <laughs> 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 so I just I just remember pulling into like some really sleazy urban Baltimore motel at like five in the morning, you know, just desperately trying to get an hour or two sleep before, you know, before we got to do another show. You know, I mean, oh my God. Day, you know, it must have been 7 a.m. or something by the time we got there. And it was just, yeah, that was the, that uh, very notorious blood guts period of the dwarves. But anyway, I digress. That's my that's my Richmond story. It's a great story. So, so this is Richmond, California, and uh, they, uh, the police were called when uh, this guy, Dwayne Wallach, was seen by a neighbor over what appeared to be a bloody body, um, and neighbors were very concerned about his actions and hanging over a bloody body, so they called the cops. When the cops arrived, they asked him to move away from the body, which he was eating. And oh, yes! Wow, this is some bath salt kind of stuff. He refused to move away from the body and continued eating while the cops had to tase him and drag him off of the body. Because well, you don't want to let it get cold. No, of course to- not. <laughs> so, turns out the the body was his 90-year-old grandmother, who lived in the residence with him. Oh, my God, this is some Hitchcock stuff. Exactly. Jesus so, Christ. So he was taken to the hospital because he sustained a lot of injuries from them trying to get him off of the body and subdue him. Why did he, he bring got- it outside? Yeah. that's. I mean, he killed her most likely in the house right i mean he brought her outside to eat her this one almost sounds a little too dug to be real uh, he he actually i'm guessing dragged her outside to enjoy because you know you want to catch some sunlight while you're enjoying a meal (laughs) oh so so, he was uh, watching his carbs and he figured eating his grandma would be a good way to she was 90 Uh, so so uh, he's obviously been booked on murder charges. There's not a lot more to this story. Uh, I'm hoping I'm going to find out more later. It happened early, uh, early last week, and I'm, there's just not a lot of facts coming out because there were so many other things going on in the Bay Area at the time. Right. But yes. yeah, that's that's our that's our episode. Well, you know, I mean, you know the great hip hop eating people story, don't you? No. Okay, so this, there was a rapper, he was a good, good rapper from Dallas, uh, I think, but some, somewhere in Texas, he might have been from Houston, named Big Lurch. Okay. And uh, Big Lurch went out to LA, he had, was doing some recording, you know, he knew a couple rappers, I think he'd gotten his deal. But, you know, he got a little too comfy about hanging out with the Crips, and he was okay. staying in a house that was like a Crip house. Right. And uh, so the way that the way that it was portrayed in the media was and, and, and the way that, 
you know, subsequently he, he claims like, dude, I was totally set up. This whole thing was like, I was set up by this gang and, and I didn't do any of this stuff, but the, but what happened was, you know, he liked to get high and they, you know, got him high on some, some sherm, you know, some PCP, Angel does shit, like some crazy stuff. Never, and, never good things happen after that. <laughs> well, he was found running down the street with blood all over his face. Uh-huh. And, and, um, and it, you know, it, it had turned out that he had, or, or so the story went, he had killed this woman oh, uh, at, that was at this house and tried to eat her and so he was a complete pariah in hip-hop and everywhere else and got locked up like on a super long sentence in a in a psychiatric ward and you know it was like he had been he he had sort of you know uh, um absorbed this story that he thought this woman was the devil and he killed her with a pocket knife. he tried to eat her and all this stuff subsequently as time went on he kind of came around to saying look I had nothing to do with any of this. They just, the gang killed this woman off and framed me. Cause I was, just the, I was the sucker from out of town that was thinking he was down with the gang hanging out, you know, but I think he's still in prison to this day. And, uh, um, yeah, so that like, like there was a great hip hop eating people story. And that, oh, that is the one I have a big lurch. I have, I have one other which I don't know all the exact details, but I'll tell you the weird detail was as a former member of Wu-Tang um, was caught re trying, or maybe he did remove his own penis and try and eat it <laughs> while high. And because he thought it was the center for all evil in his life and he thought he should just get rid of it <laughs> oh, man see that sounds like suggestion from your girlfriend you know you yes. cheat on her she gets mm -hmm. you a little pcp and then convinces you that your penis is the root of all evil yes wow yeah that's incredible i never heard that in connection with the wu-tang i'm certainly a big fan I think Inspector Deck is probably the most underrated rapper of, of all time. And just being surrounded by so many great rappers in that band, I think, was uh, people didn't realize just how great Inspector Deck was. I, I think everyone should go back and, and give them a listen. All right. So it is. Not oh, that he was the one that cut his penis off. I, I don't think it was him. No, it was a, a Wu Tang Clan affiliated rapper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that makes more sense. Well, he, the good thing is he survived, uh, and his name is Chris Bearer, and apparently just recently he got married. So, See, women are so understanding about things. You know, I think men would be more superficial about a move like that. If a, if a woman had, say, hacked one of her breasts off, they, you know, it might be difficult. Well, that was but in January of 2020. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. He tried wow. to do it. He tried to do it in 2014, but he got married in 2020. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. I'll so there you go. So, <laughs> you know, Doug, I always feel just a little more educated after speaking to you. You know, that's why, that's why I do this. I feel like yeah. I know, I know just a little bit more today than I knew yesterday. Yeah. And, and so a couple of things, thanks for listening to our episode.
Uh, don't cut off your penis. Don't eat your grandmother. <laughs> don't go to Richmond, Virginia twice. <laughs> and, Even if it's with grandma's recipe, don't eat grandma. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, maybe with the best. It depends. <laughs> uh, we welcome all your comments, ideas, and any stories that you have. Uh, please contact us at contact at vomitingrainbows.com. Uh, please check out the dwarves.com and check out all their merch and all of their great music. Uh, and find us on all social media at under We Vomit Rainbows. Uh, listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and rate us and help us grow. Godspeed. Godspeed. <laughs>